Well, hello, this is the Trophy Room, aka Trophy Room Radio, wherever you are. Thank you so much for making me part of your day. It's Wednesday, and we have quite the topic to discuss as far as Michigan, Ohio State, and oh yeah, the playoff rankings last night. Before we get to that, you all know, Game Changers, GameChanger.LA, promo code HAMMERTIME23, capital H, go get yourself something nice. I don't know why, but every time I say go get, I inflect a J sound. I, I don't really get it, but go get something nice because the gear just keeps on rolling out. Um, I do want to get to this. I think this is one of the... I don't want to say I told you so. I don't want to say you're right. We know. Also, I apologize. I know the mic quality is a little bit different than it was on Monday. And that is because um, for some reason, the microphone that I can just attach to my shirt and use while I drive, it's Bluetooth. And for some reason, decided it didn't want to connect to my phone. So because I'm holding my phone, Today's episode might be a little bit shorter than usual, but I do want to talk about this Michigan-Ohio State story. I said this a week or two ago, and it's not because I had inside information. I have no inside information on Ohio State-Michigan, but I do know a couple of basic life principles to be true. Most people especially people in positions of prominence or power, if they have the opportunity to abuse power or the opportunity to obtain an unfair advantage, if they have the opportunity to do so, they will. That's just how things work. Because again, everybody wants to be successful and there's no shame in that. I wouldn't even say there's shame in cheating in things that don't matter like the NFL or college football because to me it's just a game it's not the end of the world but this story comes out yesterday and a little bit on Monday that Michigan is reporting they have documents that prove Ohio State Rutgers and Purdue were engaged in giving away what giving away Michigan signs. So they were all sharing Michigan signs with one another whenever they would play Michigan. Which I find really interesting, not because oh my gosh, another team is sign stealing. I told you. I told you everyone is cheating. Now we still have to find out the validity of this um, report that Michigan has given out. We're still waiting to find that out. But if it is true, shocker. We knew this to be the case. I told you, everyone is cheating. Everyone, if they have the opportunity to take the upper hand, and it's not like... This is... It is a rule, but it's a dumb rule. And... This isn't cheating in terms of we're hacking the system. We are unauthorized walking around 
where we shouldn't be in team facilities taking things that we shouldn't have. No, this is straight up a guy went to a game, filmed the sidelines, and correlated that with what plays he called. It's like if I'm doing a magic trick and I'm showing the card to the audience and I say don't look at it, but then I show it to you. Well, I should just tell you to close your eyes. Now, if you choose to open your eyes, that's one thing. But also, choosing to open your eyes is not a federal crime. And I know you're saying, but it's still cheating, and it's still against the rules. And I get that. There are rules in place against sign stealing. But I'm not saying you're cheating, and I'm not saying I'm cheating. I'm saying people in positions of power, people who make or lose millions of dollars based on winning or losing games. Because that's how their contracts either re-up or get canceled. So, should we be shocked that there's now a report that alleges Michigan signs were stolen and shared between Rutgers, Purdue, and Ohio State? Should we be shocked? No. Here's what I am shocked about. I thought the most hated team in the Big Ten was Ohio State and then Michigan. The part that blows my mind the most about this story is I would have thought everyone would have ganged together against Ohio State, not against Michigan. Because Ohio State has the history that Michigan only has as of the last two years. And they've been dominant the last two years. But I would, if it was me, if I was Georgia, or take it better, if I was Vanderbilt, and it was, are we going to cheat against Georgia, or are we going to cheat against Bama, I think Vandy would say, we're che- we want to give up Bama. Because, yes, Georgia's won the last two years, but Alabama has dominated the kingdom for the last... 15 to 20 years and I would argue that at least when Georgia beats up on you they do it nicely Alabama you just hate like I I know Georgia is starting to become hated and I understand that but I don't feel like they're at Alabama level hated and so I read this story and I just don't know why Rutgers and Purdue decided to hold this against Ohio State and not against Michigan. What I do know is that I love what the college football playoff committee, I love what their response was. When they basically said, uh, Reese Davis asked him last night, do you believe that Michigan, or some something to the effect of Asking about Michigan's postseason or uh, yeah postseason ban, <laughs> and the answer was something to the effect of, "We are going to respond. We evaluate the teams that are competing." So, no, they're not worried at the moment. Because there's no no ban given and the CFP is not in the business of banning. That's not their job. 
That's the job of the NCAA. That's the one thing they still hold on to. So, the question we ask is, should Ohio or Michigan be banned from the playoff? And my answer is, first of all, adamantly no. Because right now, again, they're not super cheating. They're just sending a guy to scout games, which I get is against the rules. But we have guys hitting women, doing drugs. We have more serious things going on than this. That's my first reason as to know. The second reason as to know is you're calling out Michigan for something that everyone else is doing. And here's what I love about this whole story. There's a reason... None of the NFL owners were willing to snitch on Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders. There's a and and there's a reason nobody the only person who would say anything about it was Jim Irsay. Why do you think that is? Well, here's the problem. If everyone's cheating and it's a gentleman's agreement that nobody reports anyone, as soon as somebody reports somebody, everything is coming out, which is why I think this Michigan thing, I think they said, look, we're all good. Everybody is just wink, wink, nod, nod. Nobody say anything. And then somebody said something. And now Michigan says, okay, gentleman's agreement is off the table. Same deal. There's a reason the only person who could speak out against Dan Snyder was um, Jim Irsay. Why? Because his skeletons were already out of the closet. And nobody was going to... You weren't going to hold any blackmail over Jim Irsay that wasn't already out in the open. The DUIs were already public. Now, nobody else said anything because their dirty laundry wasn't public knowledge yet. But now Ohio State... or. Michigan says, well, you guys let it out. So we're going to, we are going to get rid of the gentleman's agreement that nobody said everybody was sign stealing. Everyone's sign stealing. And now we know it. And it wouldn't shock me. It'll, it'll be, it'll depend on who also has a vendetta in this beef. But I imagine if Michigan has to prove or if Ohio State has to say, well, we're not the only ones doing it, then they'll release the knowledge of somebody else that they know who's doing it. And it will just be this giant domino effect when we see how the sausage is made and realize everybody's cheating. I know that was a lot to go off on just cheating. Um, I've been asked a number of times, do I believe Bill Belichick should be fired? Yes, kind of. And and here's what I mean by that. Is Bill Belichick a good football coach today? No. But here's the problem. A lot of life is about paying dues. You, you work the job early in your career where you're in, in the mailroom and You're running to get people coffee and you're constantly waiting on hand and feet with nothing to do. Or 
You're doing the dirty jobs and nobody else wants to. You pay your dues. Then you finally get up to the point where somebody's getting you coffee. And while someone's getting you coffee, you're making the company millions. You pay those dues at the beginning and you pay those dues in the peak of your career. So when you get to the end of your career, they pay their dues to you. There's a couple of reasons why Bill Belichick won't get fired despite the fact that he probably should. Because we just saw Josh McDaniels get canned and he's way younger than Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick won't get fired because they are paying his dues to him after he paid his dues by being maybe the greatest football coach of all time. You want to debate whether it was more Brady or Belichick, have that one. But either way, Belichick's in the conversation. The other reason that I find more compelling as to why he's not going to get fired is 28 wins from the all-time coaching wins record. Now, yes, that would mean Bill Belichick would hold the record for most wins in the NFL. But it would also mean... the Patriots would be involved in that. Now the question you have to ask is, well, they suck. So how long is it going to take them to get that record? That's 28 wins. Even if you went undefeated next year, you would still have to win six games this year and six games the year after that, which could be a struggle. Here's what I think is the most glaring issue, and this is, I think you could get yourself out of a rock and a hard place. You could give yourself a little wiggle room if you did this. Let Bill keep his job. Take personnel out of his job description. Stop letting him be the GM. Because, let's be honest, as much as we love Bill, and as much as we hate Bill, We can all agree this Patriots team might be able to win some games if Bill didn't claim to know how to run an offense. Bill can still coach a defense. I would take Bill coaching my defense over Sean McDermott, over 90% of the head coaches in this league. I'd take Bill Belichick. But... These guys haven't drafted a pro bowler in who knows how long. Other than Mac Jones, who I don't know that we really count seriously. But all of that is to say, let's just let Bill be Bill. You try to make this thing work for as long as possible. Because unfortunately, until he decides to give it up, He paid his dues to you, and now it's time for the Patriots to continue to pay their dues to him. Um, But speaking of Mac Jones, this is an interesting story. Well, not an interesting story, but an interesting take. So, Zach Wilson does not ball out, but does struggle out against the LA Chargers on Monday, a team who everyone has really had a shot with beating in every game they've played. 
But now we look and say, well, Robert Sala is still defending Zach Wilson. Robert Sala was asked this week about why he's not starting Trevor Simeon. His answer was, I gotcha. That's a legitimate question. Anytime someone responds with, that's a good question or that's a legitimate question, that means they have no legitimate answer. And Robert Sala doesn't have a legitimate answer. At least not one that he wants to share publicly. What, he, I, what I think he really wants to say is, look, we like Zach. We feel for Zach, but Zach is not the guy. Zach was never supposed to be the guy now that we've tried to give him the opportunity to show that he's the guy. We know he's not the guy. Zach Wilson is unfortunately... It's it it's it's time for Zach to be done, but the problem is, and and this is where I I do feel for Robert Sala, because there's people saying, well, why isn't Trevor Simeon starting? Why isn't Nate Bo- Nick Boyle starting? Uh, or Tim Boyle? Well, I mean, let's be honest. Are you really buying that Tim Boyle or that Trevor Simeon are going to be a significant upgrade from Zach Wilson? Now, they might fumble the ball less. But outside of that, I don't really know that you're getting as much of a net positive out of your backup over Zach Wilson as you think you are. Here's what's most interesting about this whole story. Let's So the position the Jets are in is we're wondering, do they regret drafting Zach Wilson? And I would argue that drafting Zach Wilson wasn't necessarily a bad decision. Now, did COVID make Zach Wilson look better than he was? Sure. But what made the Zach Wilson decision look bad is, A, we thought he was nowhere in the room with Trevor Lawrence, which was true. But we also thought Justin Fields was better. And we thought Mac Jones was better. We thought Trey Lance was better. And what we came to find out was none of those guys were better. Trey Lance couldn't beat out the last guy taken in the draft. Mac Jones might be better if he was in a better position, but he's not. And Justin Fields is really only capable of making highlights that involve rushing. The conclusion that you got to take from all of the information I just laid out for you and not and information that you know to be true, everything you're taking from that is saying, yeah, the Jets actually didn't make the worst decision. They didn't know they were going to get Aaron Rodgers two years from then. They didn't know that hopefully Zach Wilson would get groomed by Zach Aaron Rodgers. They certainly didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to get hurt week one right after they picked him up. The Jets did the best with what they had, and what we came to find out was, outside of Trevor Lawrence, this is one of the worst draft classes as far as quarterbacks go in the last several years. So the Jets did the best with what they had. And if I said to you, who else could they have taken in that draft class ahead of Zach Wilson that would have been better? You don't really know. 
We remember the quarterbacks. We don't really remember where everyone else was taken. And is there anyone else from that draft class that you would, outside of Trevor Lawrence, who they couldn't have gotten anyway, who you would say is that otherworldly that it was a glaring mistake that they didn't draft him in the first place? Not really. Do I think Zach Wilson is an atrocious NFL quarterback? Yes. But also, it was the right move at the time. All right, let's break down the playoff rankings. I'll tell you what the committee is saying. First of all, I want to remind everyone of this. This college football playoffs thing, nobody who's ever been ranked number one in the initial poll has ever gone on to win the whole thing. So, some of you say, yeah, maybe Ohio State has the number one strength of schedule. But I think a lot of that came from beating Notre Dame and then Notre Dame beating USC. And also, it sucks for USC or Notre Dame because they schedule good opponents, they lose two games, and now they have no shot. And we have 12 teams that'll get fixed. But here's what the committee is telling you. The committee is telling you as of today, they value strictly the number for strength of schedule and strength of record. Just the numerical value. And they're not super crazy about what they've seen on the field so far. Because if they were, Michigan would be number one, as I believe they should be. What they're telling you is Michigan and Georgia have not played as many ranked teams or a toughest schedule as Ohio State has, which is true. They're also telling you just Georgia beating number 12 Missouri, who's now number 14. And and that means the committee believes that Missouri is legitimate. For them to only go down two spots after getting frankly dominated by Georgia they're saying it was number one Georgia and Missouri held their own which means it should count as a pretty decent win in Georgia's favor as strong as far as strength of schedule goes but not really so the committee is also telling you we're not going to freak out and we're not going to make rash decisions they are right now happy with what they have because they don't believe that this thing they don't believe they've seen anything they didn't already know Saturday didn't change their minds which is why they didn't change their rankings now the question that I think is most interesting we talked about on Monday is what happens with Penn State because what I think could be the most fun is Ohio State has beaten Penn State. If Michigan, if Penn State beats Michigan, and then Michigan beats Ohio State, we would have a very fun three-way tie between the three. And the question would be, who will the committee choose? Now, 
I think the committee in that scenario would pick Ohio State because that's the default number one. But it would probably also depend on how Michigan played Ohio State. And because Michigan would have the loss to Penn State, but they'd have the win over number one Ohio State. But also, if we're talking about number one, Georgia plays Ole Miss this week. And that'd be three top 15 wins. And the question you have to ask yourself is how long do you want to tell yourself that just because this Georgia team doesn't dominate the way they did last year doesn't mean they're not just as good compared to the competition this year? Because last year they had to dominate in order to be good. Last year they had to put up with C.J. Stroud to be good. Last year they had to put up with LSU to be good. This year Kyle McCord, very mediocre as far as quarterbacks go. Georgia doesn't have to be as crazy elite to be worthy of the number one ranking. So the question that we ask ourselves is how will things go on Saturday and how will that change the playoff rankings and does that change the end goal of what we're going to see at this whole thing? Because these rankings are really just jockeying for first place. So let's see how they shake out. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out. We will talk again soon. Cheers.